This is the Grey Area Podcast, talking all things rap and hip-hop from the UK to across the pond. The facts are black and white, but our opinions are somewhere in the middle. We're about the music, not the gossip. Positive more than negative. Quality over quantity. Substance is worth more than clickbait. The industry, man, it's not the same. Doesn't have to do with talent. It's about playing the game. The industry, real niggas is dying to get in. The industry, just to find they don't fit in. The industry ain't what it used to be. The industry's trying to control the way you MC. They want you to dress like this and talk like that. But I'm going, dress like this and talk with the bat. The industry, got your word meaning nothing. The industry, fuck what you heard because he's bluffing. The industry, money, bitches, hate. But I dare you to try to take a fucking thing off my plate. The industry like, wait. But in the streets, we like, get them. <laughs> 17 up in that thing. Catch them sleeping and hit them. The industry, if you ain't got a strong mind, the industry will break you down. It's a matter of time. The industry, vultures with nothing to feast on. See me? I'm getting my beast on. <laughs> the industry, stay in the dirt, play in the dirt. Test the wrong one in the industry and you will get hurt. I'm not an industry artist. I'm an artist in the industry. So I do what the fuck I want because nobody can finish me. The industry wanted, dead or alive, new artists to sell their souls in the way they survive. The industry don't give a fuck about you. But the industry couldn't make a dime without you. The industry, I'm sick of this industry shit. The industry playing them like an industry bitch. They tried to finish me quick, but I am long, so I stand strong. Fuck a beat. Listen to the words in the damn song. Yeah. I, only, I, I only know how to speak the truth. You know what I'm saying? So I got a, I got a little short joint I'm going to hit you with. You know what I'm saying? And, and it basically reflects on my relationship with the industry. This is what it is. Often, my words fall on deaf ears. Motherfuckers be listening, but don't hear. Talking to a nigga, he be sitting right here. I be like, where you going? Nigga be like, yeah. Thank you. Give it up for That voice, man. That was sick. I don't think the industry that. likes that kind of stuff anymore. You know, I, I remember, like, I remember that stuff, man. I remember that that, that was great. When I remember Kanye's to... one. I remember yeah, all the exactly. comedy. I, I mm. mainly watched all the comedy. I used to skip all this because I had the DVDs, so I used to skip all the rappers. About <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> so, what was everyone's introduction to DMX? Then, when's like our first memory of hearing him in the car? Well, it's just that, just that, just that voice. Some iconic songs, like from the first album. If you're talking about like Damien, that just hit me. It just is just a raw voice and just well, he's just different, wasn't he? And just the, like the dog sounds. Obviously, I'm not going to imitate because everybody's heard it before. I'm not going to do that again, oh, <laughs> so I'll leave no. that out there. But um, yeah, no, just just a raw, passionate, passionate voice that you had and that energy that that I just gravitated towards that. So. My first, yeah, first memories with Damien, really. That, that's the first song I really? heard. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. And I loved it. And then, and then obviously his other hits carried on because Damien for me is such a powerful song anyway. So, I'd, and it's just, I, yeah, I don't know. His voice, man, I love it. It's why, it's why when I hear Denzel Curry like that, I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's like DMX. Mm. That's why DMX is so iconic to me. That voice is just, we talked about in the previous episode, what makes a great rapper. Well, DMX's voice is just, that is what you want, really. I can't say mm. any more than that. Yeah. For me, it was um, Cradle to the Grave, the film. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so glad I, think, I, I swear that. I didn't listen to him before that because nah. I think I only started listening to hip hop 2005, to be honest. So, Probably. But, yeah, I was I saw him in that, thought he was sick in that. I loved the songs that were playing. I think yeah. they had um, X Don't Give It To You mm-hmm. and Go To Sleep and yeah. One More. It was just sick. Like Jet Li, DMX, Aaliyah. Energy. Right? Oh, wait, is that Romeo Must Die? <laughs> but yeah, um, sick film. He was so cool in that. Yeah. Man, I can't believe I've not watched Cradle to the Grave. I need to check that out. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, I've not watched it. He's, no. he's really I've heard he's about it. Yeah, I need that. to watch it. Cradle to the Grave is a madness. I feel like I, I'd heard DMX before I knew who DMX was because of the hits. Because yeah. I remember being in sixth form. So we're talking, what, maybe 10, 11 years ago and talking to someone about rap. And they were like, oh, what about DMX? What about? And I'm like, who's DMX? He's like, you don't know who DMX is? So I went home that night, put on some DMX. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I know who DMX is. I went to that. Yeah, yeah, party, all, all those ones. But because he was, he was so big at one point in our lives, even if you didn't know who he was, like by name, you would have heard something or you may have seen him somewhere oh, without 100%. really knowing who he was. Because he was massive. Yeah, massive. no doubt. That full album run was like, he was one of the number one artists in the world multiple times. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, it's sad, definitely. I feel like I've got to do a... Alf, alf. <sighs> Man, actually, <laughs> just... Oh, my days. I literally oh. added it to the board just now. Jeez. Yo, oh, my days. I've had it ready for time. I just thought maybe <laughs> save it for the right time. Yes. It's sad, oh I feel God. like I've got to do a... Alf, alf. <laughs> <laughs> we needed it for this episode. Trust me, trust me. Man. But no, uh, I don't Both times you. I thought you were doing it, Theo. And so did I. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought that's what, what, that's what like... I'm at. I'm like listening to my own voice thinking, I'm not speaking, what the hell's going on? <laughs> You're froze over. Oh <laughs> yeah. That's uh, jokes, man. Should we, uh, should we hop into Era 1? We just get straight in, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's do it. So Era 1 is between... 1990, well, from the beginning of his career until the year 2000. So we're looking at the beginning of that run. And uh, who wants to go first? Yeah, that's to say, I guess uh, Mr. Theo. It's sad, first. and I feel like I've got to do a alf, alf. <laughs> Jeez, man. Okay, right. <laughs> Don't worry, everyone's going to have their week, man. Right. Everyone's going to have their week, right? I get them with right. the, you know what I mean? Okay. I'll go first. Let me let me let me get my song. Let me get my song up. Such a hard just, because it was a it was a hard pick. I've got loads of songs from this era, so oh, I've got loads as well. Oh bloody hell, man! I was yeah. To be honest, I was hoping not to go first on this one. But if I'm gonna have to go first, it's gonna have to be um, the song that I related to the most from this era from DMX, and it's gonna have to be "Slipping." Still get goosebumps from that. That song's so powerful. It really is, man. That it's just. When you when you I don't know if you're in a that song resonates with me because when you're in like a struggle or a dark place and you hear him saying it on the song that uh, that song should be 
obviously it's like dark what he's going through but the last verse gives you hope anyway and that song should be a motivational song for you that even when you're you're literally as as he says it in the hook he's slipping he's falling but you've got to get up that that should be motivation enough for you to pick yourself back up and do right so that song's always resonated with me it's a strong song great deliveries too i feel like with him he always delivers songs like with so much emotion but it's like Everyone thinks he could just do this up-tempo thing, but like the same thing you, in that, yeah, you can hear like his pain. You can hear him exactly. like yeah. the way he's delivering the bars, some of the stories he's telling about whatever happened with his dad leaving and all this kind of stuff. It's 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 the same guy. You can tell it's the same guy. It's not like Drake where you have two sides. Of, oh, I'm singing now and I'm sad and this. It's like the same rough-voiced, hard-as-fuck dude is like, yo, I go through shit too, you know? Mm, mm. Yeah, definitely. It's quite revolutionary as well in like the rap scene, which is like hyper masculine and the type of music he makes as well to come and make such an emotive song that bears his mental health and all of that kind of stuff. It's so progressive. The people, people didn't really speak about it like that back then. You think in, in mainstream rap at the time, he filled the void left by Tupac and perhaps even went a step further in terms of vulnerability. But that's what probably that's yeah. what a lot of what yeah. I was reading was saying that he kind of you know he was in the wake of of Tupac and that and it's like he just picked it up perfectly like he was poetic but at the same time he was gangster yeah, yeah. definitely the the link with him and Tupac is interesting because they're um, I don't know if anyone after this has done it but they're the two artists that have released albums in the same year that have both gone like debuted at number one on the Billboard. Mm. So Tupac's was yeah, yeah. All Eyes On Me and Don Illuminati. And DMX's were his first two albums, It's Darkest and Hell Is Hot and Flesh Of My Blood. They both went number one. Mm. That's mad. I didn't know. It's a crazy yeah, I didn't record. Know that. But, yeah. yeah, considering the, the similarities between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking, because like, I, I made a list of all the sort of rappers and artists that came out around the same time. So you had Mace. You had mm. Capone and Noriega. You had Puffy's first album came out. You had The Firm, The Locks, Big Pun, Cameron, Cannabis. And then you also had, they were like really kind of his contemporaries that I felt. And then you had people like Missy Elliott, Company Flow, Jurassic Five, Hot Boys. list goes on. Um, in terms of mainstream rap though, I feel like he really stood out from them. Like, it was kind of the bling bling era, wasn't it? And even artists that were street and whatnot were dressing up in the shiny suits for the video and perhaps not really saying too much. And then you had DMX, who was, I mean, I don't want to say any other names of songs and that, just in case I nick yours, but not, I wouldn't, I don't know about if Breath of Fresh Air is the right word, but... Um, it just felt real, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. it did. Well, yeah. People, people from the streets... Relatable. Relate to, yeah, exactly. People from the streets could relate to them. It wasn't like, oh, um, this guy trying to pretend he's from the streets, but he's all in these flashy suits that people on the streets can't afford anything. DMX was just real. They they had someone out there on the mainstream that they could relate to. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Definitely. that, that kind of, I don't know if it leads on well, but for me, my pick for this era was this song, I Can Feel It. Now, bearing mm. in mind, I would have heard this song probably, let's say for the second time in the last couple of weeks, I was like, damn, for me, this is a standout from uh, It's Dark and hell is hot. I was like, like DMX is on some stuff. So yeah, following on from what we just said, it's kind of, even though that's a down tempo, like a not, you're not going to go right out to that song type thing. 
that definitely is speaking to like the gangster people. Like he's telling like a real kind of, not even a story, just like a real kind of perspective on the culture that he's left or the culture that he's from. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it felt real. It felt genuine, especially in the third verse where he's kind of giving that whole, um, you know, I'm, you know, it's out of my hands now. I'm done with this type of thing. I'm moving on, but you can still die from this. You know, you should, you should kind of tool up, be ready for these types of things. But for me, the reason why I feel like this song's so like, I wouldn't say it's like, it's a good introduction to, to DMX, but it's so good for me, like hearing it the second time around. Cause I was just kind of like, I didn't know he had this, this two pack ish side to him. Like you guys were saying about how he picked it up and, and took it from there. Mm. Do we know how, how like intentional that was? Hmm. I don't know if it's intentional. I mm. think it's just a coincidence. Yeah, I would say it was a coincidence. I don't think it is intentional. I just think there were, yeah. I'm not too, yeah, I, I, I think it's a coincidence, personally. So with the coincidental, like, did he purposely take Tupac's shoes? I think, because he was active, actually, from 1991. I, I only reached, found that out today, and I was, I was shocked, because I thought his, like, come out year was 1998, which obviously was with his debut, but he was active for seven years before that. So he was rapping, like growing up with listening to Tupac and like, wow, this is the top guy of this decade for me. And yeah, that death probably hit him hard. And I'm sure there was a lot of inspiration taken from that. Sure, See, that's, yeah. a really, that, that's a really good point now because I didn't even know he was active from 1991. And like you say, when you hear DMX, you do, you, you, you do hear that link between Tupac. So that's actually, that's a great point really because that yeah. death probably did hit him really, really hard. So, and then he thought, right, Man, There's a lot of similarities though as well. Mm, like the, yeah, the energy that he raps with is so yeah. similar to Tupac's. Definitely. Like exactly. you can't think of another rapper that like hits songs with like so much passion, but not like in a jarring way or a way yeah. that like puts you off. Like, yeah, he sometimes DMX raps really aggressively and that's to threaten you. But it's like, if you're on his side, you feel empowered actually rather than threatened. Yeah. Some of yeah, his flows do sound similar to Tupac's, especially in this song. Like for me, it felt, it felt a bit Tupac esque. But then when you look back to that that era, there was only really about two, three flows going around, and this is the poetic rap flow that he's kind of embodied here. Yeah, that's the thing with it. It doesn't sound. It's like I'm glad you said poetic. It's almost like it's on the cusp of spoken word at times. Yeah. Because as I was listening to that again and the track before, I'm thinking, I'm I'm even though I've heard these songs so many times, I'm struggling to follow like what pocket he's in because mm-hmm. it's like it's just he's just kind of like spewing whatever's in his mind he's definitely a poet rapper like he's got a lot of songs that follow this structure of like a phrase and then like a rap line comes after and then like the phrase comes back then a rap line Mm. and he did he did it in that um that poetry slam thing that we watched at the beginning but there's a lot of songs in his discography that do that and then you hear it in the prayers as well through the albums as well Mm -hmm. so you can definitely see he's a poetic rapper the through all the prayers throughout all the albums they're so poetic in them um in itself really and you hear it through his songs so, I'm gonna be, spa- yeah. be spamming that one, boy. No, everyone's got one coming up in the next few weeks. I just need to go through and get the best of the best. But you, Fear, you've been giving us lightning ones. I got another one that I want to add on, but it's not working right now. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so, Kieran, oh, what you got man. for? Yeah, go on. Um, so, my pick was Damien because I wanted to show his versatility. 
What was that comment someone wrote on the Zoom chat? I was zoning on that song. I didn't even get a chance to read it. He said, who, is, who did this inspire? I feel like it inspired Eminem, no? That whole speaking to yourself type thing. Eminem. I think even Kendrick and Kanye on Blame Games, quite similar to one. I was thinking that. Because I was thinking, wait, hold on. Looking at the date of this, yeah? 1998, whatever, yeah? That must have been the first time that somebody was there doing that whole... I'm playing two characters thing and doing that whole Definitely. little high-pitched yeah. voice thing. Mm. Even, But it's not just... Because uh, Biggie done that on uh, Gimme the Loop, I think. But yeah. here, it's like the vocal manipulation. It's not just like on a, yeah. like a, a vox, like a telephone. This yeah. is like, okay, I'm a different person with a higher-pitched voice. Like, I'm this fun little character. Well, what I'm picking up from this is Damien's clearly the devil, if anybody's seen yeah. The Omen yeah. and those type of horror films. Yeah. But it's like... He is. It, it's a voice in his head that he's trying to not listen to, but he has to listen to. Whereas I feel like every other time you've heard it, apart from with Eminem, it's the person trying to speak reason to them. But this person's mm. just speaking pure madness in their head. Like, hey, go kill these guys. Go kill your friends. Go do this. It's like, whoa. Yeah, this is the, this is the reason why I picked it. Yeah, I didn't even know. I do know that song because I know the hook. Like the inner dialogue, it's not, it's not positive at all. Nah. It's this like inner dialogue of dark temptations that I feel like everyone can relate to to some extent in certain things. Like sometimes you just get this feeling like, oh, should I try this or should I do this? And yeah. that dialogue that goes through your head in that moment is just painted on this whole song, like this whole journey that he he started like trusting this character's temptations and started following deeper down this rabbit hole yeah. of like becoming like the devil's agent, essentially. Well, it's, it started out with like, yeah, you know, you do this for me. I, I'm giving you this, I'm giving you that. But then it was like, oh, I ain't gonna go kill my friend. And he's like, well, you said you'd give me your right hand. He's like, fuck it, okay, I guess I better go do this type of thing. It's like, he's damned if you do, damned if you don't type thing. This is the thing as well, like on this song, he says quite horrible stuff. And that's quite a common trait in DMX songs. Like a lot of the bangers and just like aggressive tracks, he says really like awful things. But mm. that contrasts with the previous two songs we listened to, where he's saying quite uplifting stuff in the first one. And then like quite like real, like um, observing comments as well. And I think that range is what makes people attached to him because i feel like if he only did the aggressive stuff it would just have a certain niche of fan base but he's got this whole like range of depth of all these kind of things you just i feel like you fall in love with the the person that's doing it rather than just a specific song and stuff like that so um i don't know if any of you heard this already but this album apparently had a big influence on kendrick and the song in particular influenced swimming pools Ah, see, Wait, doesn't oh, he say, doesn't he say oh, it on um, yeah. The Art of Peer Pressure? I yeah. swear he, he drops a line about it on that. Ooh. I don't know, but the second you said swimming pools, it's making something. No, there's definitely sense. a line on Art of Peer Pressure, like X in the whip or there's something. It's, I, oh man, I wish I could remember oh, the line. You, oh, you're making me want to search. I'm up. looking for it now. Get <laughs> genius up. Oh, Trust no. me. Genius ain't saying shit, bro. <laughs> yeah, but that. That's mad though. I remember that. Kendrick did say it was inspired, but then you even look at later songs and see the inspiration even further. Like you only need to listen to you to like get the inspiration yeah. even further of like manipulating voices. Al Kendrick yeah. does it really well. So yeah. yeah, I think X and M were the two that really influenced Kendrick in terms of switching up the voices in that yeah. big time. Have we found the lyric yet? No, I don't I don't see it. I don't see it, but one of you guys. Might it rings it. a bell for me, but I don't. I don't know if it's that song. I don't think it's that song. I was trying to search it. I didn't see it on. No. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> These things happen. These things happen. 
Right. Okay. Oh, that's Listen a classic hook, by the way. Classic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because I think it's like, is it referring to like characters in the Bible or something? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. I feel like it's kind of that. And then it's kind of just like, it's things that go after each other. So snakes always try to get rats. Cats always try to chase dogs and dogs. Try to, like it's that whole type of thing. Like, this, is, this, this is a funny thing about DMX, you know. He lives in this world where, like, everyone's a dog or a cat. And, like, you listen to him speaking in interviews and it, it makes me laugh sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> like, you just have to go along with this world he's in where, like, like this dog done this. And I met that cat the other day and he said this to mm. me. I'm just like, <laughs> what are you on about? That's his slang, isn't it? His slang is, yeah. uh, is based mm. off that. And I guess it shows how old he is in that regard. But, it's, but he takes it to another mm. level by, like, being a, someone that barks and growls too. Most definitely. It's not just like the slang. <laughs> but also I was I was reading something where apparently because he had a really traumatic upbringing and used to get abused and neglected and whatnot, he would walk around at night and befriend stray dogs. That's why oh, his shit. affiliation and oh, loyalty oh, to all his dogs wow. came about. It's yeah, a no yeah. joke thing then. Okay. Mm. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, I've lost. I've lost my train of thought. It's gone. You were talking about the dogs he meets on street. Yeah. Right, oh, that was it. I think. I think he either he said or oh, maybe I'm just maybe it's someone else has said it somewhere. But basically, there's the saying that you know um, people don't trust people who don't like dogs, but they trust a dog if they don't like a person, because a dog will have this just undeniable, this, this relentless loyalty towards a person. That, you know, they won't abuse you unless you train it to, you know, it's not going to sleep with your woman. It's not going to do this. It's not going to do that. You can always rely on the dog. I think that's what DMX said in an interview once. And that's why he mm. just is infatuated with him. Yeah. I think, should we Maybe clarify that, that story? Now I'm like, my train of thought's fucked. It. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was going to say, should we clarify that story about the crack thing? Because that is, that was a mad revelation when I was watching the interview. So basically, he was smoking with somebody when he was 14. And uh, they were like, yo, try this. He's like, all right, cool. And they're smoking, smoking, smoking. And he was smoking a crack-glazed blunt. And from there onwards, he was just addicted to crack. But is- the mad thing is that guy taught him to rap or like encouraged him to start rapping as well. So it's like a double-edged sword. But that's I don't understand why people do things like that. Obviously, the person who encourages you to do that type of stuff is mentally ill and you know a bit crazy or you know a bit of a psychopath or whatever. But it's like, why would you want to get someone else addicted to drugs with you? It's like, is it so you're not alone? How does how does that one work? It's one of the most fucked up things. Like on that interview when he recounts the story, you can tell there's so much regret with what happened because of that. Because like his whole life got ruined, and I feel like he died because he run his body into the ground at that point as well. But is it is it that his life got ruined? Because without it, would we have DMX? I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's, it's he he could awful. rap good without the crack. That's how, the thing. Like, how do we know? He wrote, those, he wrote those lines, they were sick, and then he smoked the crack. Oh, okay. But and still, his voice was, was already sick. His voice was already sick regardless of smoking. Because like I'm saying that it's a bit weird, but he had... Um, asthmatic bronchitis which yeah. meant his voice was really hoarse yeah. so that's the reason why his voice sounds like that anyway it's uh, not because of smoking I thought it was because of smoking crack because you know crackheads tend to have that kind of mumble and that low pitched voice so I, I thought it was from that but I mean shout out to all the people with the fucked up voices we love you they sound amazing another, another connection to Kendrick remember the skit in the uh, in Good Kid Mad City where he hits the shenanigans yes oh yeah, yeah I do yeah it's sad. Can you see that behavior? What is going on? Oh. Sorry, man. Sorry about that. 
I have no your bitch button anymore. What the fuck? <laughs> that was a bit inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just my fucking Kendrick button. <laughs> Everything's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about proper As I said, good luck with this edit, man. Yeah, I said it's going to be choppy, boy. Hold on. Oh, we haven't back. even gone past error one yet. There we it's go. Like, you oh, want it to be straight gangs, then. <laughs> what? That sounded, was that an ad lib? What was that? <laughs> I want it to be straight gangster. <laughs> I want it to be straight gangster. <laughs> <laughs> I forget how funny I clipped these out weeks ago. <laughs> oh, Theo. I think oh, next no, week I'm going to add Sean's think... ones because oh, uh, I've got too many. Theo's giving us too much. You know, Theo, you've got like five, six clips and I'm throwing them in now, but it's fucking up the board. Oh, I forgot I even Jesus, put that. Man. That was mad. Oh, I forgot I even did that. That is funny. Oh, man. <laughs> wait, 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 where was that from? Which episode? <laughs> yeah, uh, The UK rap albums one. Literally the one I just edited. We were talking about um, Birdman for some reason. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. decided it was his time to shine. <laughs> oh, look at my dad in his face. I want to be straight gangster. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, oh, shit. Man. Oh. man. God almighty. Okay. Right. Here we go. Right, my pick. <laughs> Let's right. keep it my together, pick. lads. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. pick. All right, so for my pick, I've just gone straight violent. Same album, final track. Done started something. His verse on this is so sick. <laughs> I believe, oh. I believe for the listeners, the title was Niggas. This might be his best verse. Niggas done started something. Sean is a Caucasian male, so he cannot say these words. And uh, for any of the other listeners wondering, Theo is also a black male, so he can say these words. Kieran is brown, so maybe. I don't know, but I don't think he will. Lyricism. Man, he just went off, man. I mean, See, you have to. when you've got. That's what? the thing for me is that we, you know, we've actually, we often talk about the, the, you know, the passion, the delivery, just the voice in general. We talk about like his vulnerability and that. But there were times in his career where the pen game was so strong, man. I was going to say, when you've got Styles P, Sheik Looch, Jada Kiss on a track, you got to go somewhere. Mm. And mate, yeah. sorry, you got to go somewhere. And he, he took it there. Yeah. His verse is so long, but it's like, I feel like everyone heard the beat and was like, oh, I want to get on this. He's like, I've already written a whole fucking mm. song. Oh, he's like, fuck it, get on yeah. it then. Yeah. The way he writes his flows so conversationally at points as well. It's like, yeah. how did you write? You, you surely didn't write this flow. It was just like spat like so casually to mm. fill a gap. Mm. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It feels at times freestyle-esque. But then yeah. the other bit that amazes me is just the amount of times he switches up the flow as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do we know if DMX was a was a man who sat down and wrote his bars or if he was a guy that kind of freestyled? Do we know any of that? I feel like he was a writer, but again, with that one, it just felt like it felt like they all had the, you know, the 16, but he just was in a zone and he just went off. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I, I, that, that's always the vibe I get from that one. I'm glad he did that though. He actually to own that song yeah. as his own, isn't it? Mm. Otherwise, yeah. But it's not even like the only instance of that at that time. He he jumped on a few posse cuts around that time. Like we're talking, what, 24 hours to live? Is it 24 hours to live? The Mace, is it Mace's record? Yeah. Um, there's the 
LL Cool J track. Is it four three two one? Yeah, I like the, that one. The, uh, the one on the belly is it the belly soundtrack or grand finale something mm. like that oh yeah grand finale mm. yeah I know there's, it is. Yeah. there's a few there's, there's a lot where he just jumps on there and goes mad but yeah I just wanted to give give his sort of his pen game some love really along with with all the other things we've discussed yeah man I've always loved that track following on from uh, your whole pen game kind of thing I think I'm next I think I'm first anyways now because I went second last time but my pick from the second era. Are we are we jumping to the second era straight away? How are we doing this? I, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I thought Sean wanted to discuss it. Just yeah, I did. I did want to ask one thing before we go on. Is that where does this run rank with like the greatest runs in hip hop? It's up. There. Is it right up there? It's, it's definitely. definitely up, it's up definitely up there. Definitely up there. In hindsight, I, I didn't think these albums were that good, but now I'm like. What the heck? Yeah, you've got the same train of thought I have, uh, Kieran. Is, is it, that's exactly it. But when you go back and you delve into and you like listen to it like back to back to back, this run is actually ridiculous. Like mm. it's actually, uh, and I never thought of it like that. When, if you were to ask me what's the greatest sort of album run, I wouldn't have even mentioned DMX. But now you can't, you can't leave them out of the discussion. It's no. the singles it's actually, as well. Yeah, like, the, yeah there's so exactly. many hits, and they get better as well. Yeah, Definitely. that's that's yeah, that's the crazy thing. <laughs> But how are you dropping like absolute bangers and yet they do just get better as it as it transcends into the next era? Well, everybody knows DMX's big songs, but like these songs that we're playing aren't even the big songs. They're just good no, songs exactly. off, off his albums, which have like a lot of tracks on them. And when I was going through listening to all of them, I was like, damn, DMX got a lot, lot of bangers yeah, here. Yeah. Like bangers that yeah, I'm sure I slept on. Yeah, because we haven't even spoken about anything from, and then there was, uh, yeah, and then there was X. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, there's the big singles of that, but there's tracks like the professional, where it shows off his storytelling ability mm-hmm. as well, where he's talking from the perspective mm-hmm. of an assassin. But I just, I feel like there's there's kind of different types of runs. You've got people like a Drake or a Hove, where there's just mad longevity. They've just gone on and on and mm-hmm. just been at the top of their game for you know throughout their career. You then got, I guess, there's some more underground ones. People like MF Doom or Run the Jewels, where it's just back to back you know, high quality music. But then there's people like, and I always think of two people, I think of 50 Cent and I think of DMX where it's just this, it's almost like this short period of time where it's, they're so huge. Like it's like this explosion. Mm. It's like what Future and, did, right? Mm. I think he had a similar time. Yeah, I guess run. so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, you're right actually. Maybe like 2013 to 2016, 2017. Crazy output just, for like yeah. four or five years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like the quality didn't lack going through the rest of his career. And that's that's one thing that, you know, is quite difficult to maintain. If you come out so strong with so much good like music, considering what Kieran said earlier about it going both albums going platinum or something like that, it's both it's went insane. number one even. Oh shit! Okay, I didn't even know that number one. And all platinum. of his albums went platinum in this. All of them. I think all five. And back yeah, then, the first that's not, five did yeah. That's not a joke back then because that's however oh. many thousands and thousands of people buying that shit. You know, like physically going somewhere and buying it. It's insane when you think about it. Yeah, I think the second album sold like 800,000 first week or something like that. That is Crazy numbers. Yeah, that's mad. <laughs> that is mad. Look, especially back then. Back then, 800,000 in the first week. That is ridiculous. And the, the only lead-up single was Slipping as well. Bloody hell. No, that's, that's mad. You're, it always makes me wonder what was it like back then because how do you hear about music? Do you, do you know what I mean? There's no internet, nothing. You're just, no. What are you doing? Walking into HMV or your local record shop and the guy's like, yo, there's DMX shit. You got to buy this one. Like, I don't... 
how do you, do the, you know hip, I mean? the hip hop community was at like a peak though because you just had Biggie and Tupac right mm. and they just died as well so people were looking for a void to fill mm-hmm. and it mm. expanded past just like a small community at that point this is true this is true because around that time you would have had like Beastie Boys I know that's not really a, a big like hip hop name but you know what I mean like you would have had a lot of like commercial rap but I guess this is that real shit quote unquote mm-hmm. you know DMX was was a uh, feeding the streets, as it were. Right, era two. Yeah, from feeding the streets, I've got to go for what I'm deeming to be a classic from this second era. Who we be? That song got me through some aggressive adolescence. You know, <laughs> every time Oof. I was pissed, I'd put That's, that song on. That song is just so hard. This man. is why oh, I was like, does he goodness. write this down? Because it's there's you would have to write that. You can't just freeze. Oh, you would whole... have to because. No, you That's can't. A poem. The way it, he's it's going amazing through because the story yeah. of the beginning. He starts ah. off, keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. Every verse is like a mad, mad story. Then the uh, third verse, he goes into his own personal life. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? You but are. But it's mad pissed. though. It's, it, it's the way how he's wrote that as well because it's not just the rhymes; it's the schemes as well when he's mm. doing it. You hear the rhymes and then you hear the schemes where he goes off those little like there's four sort of bars there that is its own scheme then there's another scheme then there's rhyming again then there's scheming again how, how are you just writing that all down it's mad it's, it's had the free association sh- with it as well like yeah. he's like listing stuff that starts linking together and it creates yeah, like this deep picture yes, of like a commentary of something yeah I'm so glad someone picked that but fuck you know when you you know when you're getting old because my neck is fucked after that yeah just, I got <laughs> a headache my neck <laughs> I saw you guys going. Oh, Jesus, Sean, Sean was doing the mad hey. producer. Neck. He was going. I'm done. <laughs> you, you, no, Kanye, you on the plane. Kanye, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that song is. If that song doesn't get you hyped, then there's something wrong. Definitely there's something wrong. <laughs> Great pick. Yeah, I fuck honest, my neck. Going going back through and listening to all this, this is why I kind of got stuck in this era because I was like, this era bangs. Like I listened to this Great Depression album so many times. I, oh, to like three I times. think the album is oh, the album's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I really love the Great Depression. I think it's a brilliant album. I kept actually going back to it. And... Well, there was two yeah. other tracks I wanted to pick. I'm not going to mention them because someone else might pick them. But I was like, I'm mm. just, just going to go with this one. This one's bumping the hardest. Mm. Wait, so what, what's the, um, what is it about this era then that you like the most? It's just, I just feel like it all what what he was trying to do in the first era came together and a lot more like aggressively in this era. I know. I know he's not like in the first era, he's not really that aggressive guy, but in this, it's like he's perfected the whole like. The range was deeper as well, right? Mm, like, yeah. You felt his story and what he was trying to say with aggression yeah. and deepness. Yeah. The, the bipolar was there. Yeah. It, it's, it's just, it's, it's energy. Like, it's, it's a mad oh, the energy, energy that he's exactly. giving. Exactly. Yeah. Because there's loads of songs of this album that, oh, honestly, they get me hyped. Sorry, Sean, do you carry on? No, it's all right. I was just going to say, it's interesting you say that, though, because some people, uh, he gets criticism in this era because his um, focus wasn't fully on music. And some people say they could hear that during this time. But mm. I have I picked up on the aggression as well. It was like, aggre- not just aggression through his, you know, his, his life and his experiences, but towards that criticism, it was like, it was, I don't know if you felt it was unjust or... Um, unfair or whatever and maybe he was taking it like some of that aggression was aimed towards his critics maybe mm. I don't know but I don't think it's as bad as some people say no because that's a, in the lead up to it that's what I mean you are right a lot of people criticise this album but I can't see why they criticise it because I do not see The Great Depression as a bad album at all I, I actually just really in general, though. enjoy this album 
But I guess maybe it's like that sort of retrospective journalism where people kind of make stuff up. Because he was having more troubles with the law and drugs and things mm. like that, and he was doing films, and people go, oh, so he wasn't really focused on the music. But then you think, have you heard songs like this? Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Have you? <laughs> are you listening? Yeah. I don't actually know who's next. I think it's Kieran. No, I'm lost on this one. Uh, or maybe I'll go next then. I don't know. Yeah, and then I'll go third. Is that all right? Who cares? School by me. Yeah. All right. Okay. Fine. All right. Cool. I'll go next. My one is um, is something that hits hard at the minute. With you know, only like a month after he's dead, um, a minute for your son. I just want to say that's a very good gospel track from DMX. Now, it's a controversial opinion, but it's technically a gospel song. I, I was looking for the lyrics as well. There's no swearing in it as well, so I guess that could play in church. <laughs> <laughs> not joking. Yeah, it probably could you know <laughs> it's a banger yeah a few reasons for me one was in the hope that someone would pick Damien because I feel like it's a it's a direct contrast to that you know mm. obviously with Damien it's talking to the devil this one's talking to God um, it's a bittersweet one for me and it was quite a tough listen when I f- first went back to the album for this um, because I don't know if the t- right term is at peace but he seemed to have kind of like accepted his mental state and his and what had happened in his past and almost like forgiven in a sense, I guess. Um, and it sounded like a, a man who was really on the up in a sense. And then to see where not only his career went, but where he went and obviously how he's passed away, it's quite difficult listening to that. But then, but then like you hit like a line, like um, what does he say in there? He says stuff like, uh, it doesn't rain anymore, only sunshine, no pain anymore. And you think, I wonder if that's, oh, I hope that is how he feels now. Do you get what I mean? Or how mm. he felt. You it's know, the type of song he that away. he'd want to put on when he's feeling bad still. Like, because he's bound to go back into that dip again, right? Yeah. So yeah, the lyrics yeah. are so positive, projecting like, this is what the state that I achieved one day. So let me get back to that. Kieran, that's exactly what I was thinking a couple of days ago when I was re listening to it again. I was, I was thinking like, oh, when he was in a bad way, I wonder if he went back to this song and songs like it. Because he clearly was in a better mind state when writing it, I guess. Mm. I mean, I've never I've never been an addict or anything like that. You know, I've not gone through the, the sort of traumas that he has. But to write something like, like I said, it's not, again, not at peace, but there, there was like this feeling of acceptance and, I don't know, like positivity in there. I got that from uh, um, Kendrick I as well. What Kendrick says about I is like, he only made that song because he was actually feeling like you, which is like the, the rock bottom. And he puts on mm. eye to like pick himself up. I feel like it's, it's quite a similar dynamic with that. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of crossover with those two. More than you think, like more than you first think, I mean. Um, and then the other, the other line that stood out to me as well, especially when I was, you know, watching clips of the memorial and just the sort of response to him passing away was when he says something like, uh, the, the, way, or is it, the way you live in me is the way I live in them or something like that something like that I can't I can't I'm probably misquoting but he says something like that in the song and it makes me when you see this when you saw the the reaction like the people outside the hospital and and just the 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 response on social media to him you know being ill and then passing away you think this man really really made a huge impact on people he's made a lot of music to pick people up definitely and like get them through dark emotions that a lot of people Mm. are afraid to talk about I think um, Childish did a tweet the other day saying like, you don't see good creation anymore because people are afraid of being cancelled. 
So they're not making like bold mm. experimental choices anymore. And I feel like DMX didn't have any of those fears. And that might be one reason why he started having that downfall at the end of this era too. Mm, maybe, yeah. yeah. yeah, Right, who's next? Well, I guess it's um, myself. So this is, it's another, another song from this album. And um, yeah, it, to be honest, it's another heartfelt one, but this one again resonates with me. <laughs> resonates with myself so it's um that i miss you song is another link to tupac as well to be honest with you this was my other pick funnily enough i couldn't i consider this like dmx's dear, dear mama 100 slept on production this album yeah oh, definitely faith Ed- yeah. Mm-hmm. faith evans is a like an easy pick if you want your hook done right she's just she mm. supported so many classics mm. yeah yeah, honestly, I just think that. So, well, again, it shows um, DMX's like versatility, uh, versatility. Sorry, in this song because I think the notion is to like I don't know the casual fan when they hear DMX are oh, aggressive bangers and everything, but this shows you where when he's vulnerable, he's lost someone that truly meant something to him, and you hear it. You hear the again where Sam said it is again. It's the delivery of how. He he writes well. It's the delivery in his like sort of, they're not punchlines, but just the way he's flowing as well. And you hear the pain in his voice, and it's just I don't know anyone who's lost a loved one. You can resonate with that. It's like how I love Dear Mama, and it is I think it's DMX's Dear Mama really, and it's just wow, it's just powerful really. You just yeah, you hear him comparison. saying I, I want to go to heaven with his grandma. He's talking about God again. It's just just beautiful really. It's mm. actually a DMX song that is beautiful but no one would put the two together if you know what I mean well yeah you wouldn't expect something like this from DMX and then the way it comes off it it, once again it feels genuine because he I mean he doesn't really get aggressive on this but in the same way it's Mm. like he gets kind of mad at himself in certain places Mm. which is understandable Mm. but yeah yeah he's uh, very kind of emotionally available I guess which is not what you expect to see from such a, a thuggish guy Kieran you got anything to add no I'm just like deliberating my pick next. Oh. <laughs> I'm shooting like it's one of the battles, man. Man's like, I, oh, to nah, honest, wait, no, sorry, sorry. To be honest, that's not one of my favorite DMX tracks, but I appreciate how incredible it is. Yeah. Um, maybe just because I can't relate to it. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair, fair enough. enough. I mean, that's should a good we, thing. Wait, you while you're deliberating, while you're deliberating, should we quickly clarify this error? Because I don't think we did that. Let's so talk this about is between that 2001 to 2009. So you're looking at DMX's next three albums and, you know, the various singles that came out around that time. This is arguably where he made the most of his bangers as well. So the thing is, Mm. look, I think because we grew up in this era as well, Mm. his singles that he'd released at the start of that decade were playing the whole decade, Mm. all the way up until 2010. Like everything was on MTV and all the music channels and radio and everything. So for us, we're living through it like, wow, DMX is in his prime. But actually... You look at the releases he's had and it actually just stops at 2003. Yeah. Then you have a three-year break until yeah. that album. And there's, I think there was only one takeaway song. I, it's not even on Spotify. You can't listen it's to not, the album. No, it's not, it's not on Spotify. I had to listen to it on YouTube, you know. But there's no real takeaways from that album. There, Except like one. You said that, yeah. Mm, there, yeah, as yeah. I said, there's definitely one. Do we know one. why that's not on Spotify, though? I don't know. There was some sort I'm of label sure. difficulties at that time. Yeah, yeah. Was that surrounding Jay-Z as well? So Jay-Z, yeah. Jay-Z took over Def Jam after The Grand Champ came out. So mm. 2003, 2004 time. That's why he retired. Then yep. he was like, I'm going to support DMX. 
on this label, but none of that happened. And like mm. two years down when DMX was ready to drop the album um, and they'd recorded the video for the first single, I guess it was Lord Give Me a Sign, the label was like, no, we're not going to put this out anymore because you're too focused on drugs right now. Yeah, And that probably was the reality of the situation. Like we well, know what I'm he, seeing here, in this oh, period, he went to jail five different times or he was arrested five that, different that times. Well. So knowing Jay-Z, that businessman, he was like, I need to distance myself from this because I need to keep it professional. Mm. Like obviously mm -hmm. DMX was moving unprofessionally. So yeah, something, something mad happened. He had to leave that label, join Columbia and drop the album a year later. Um, yeah, the rollout was just weird because didn't DMX accuse Jay Z of sabotaging his career at that point? I, that was a bit. And, I don't know. There's something a bit yeah. crazy about all of that, though. Mm. Yeah, he's a bit mad. Druggy here, though, as well. So it's like he's you know, he's looking for any excuse to, to make his it reasoning is that Jay Z didn't want him to rise higher. Mm. That just sounds crazy. Yeah, I've read that, and I read, and again, it's like this retrospective journalism again, where people say that. DMX was a threat to Jay-Z, so he sabotaged his career. But I feel like his decline had already started at this point. Like DMX at his pinnacle was the late 90s into the, you know, the turn of the set, uh, you know, into the new millennium. That was his absolute peak. You have to imagine as well, this time Jar Rule's popping up and um, you know 50 Cent. Well, yeah, 50 Cent. But I'm as thinking well. about this thing with, with a similar voice and the similar style of music. Oh. Ja Rule is mm. popping up and it's like for Jay-Z he's like am I going to push DMX who's got all these fucked up problems probably even go to jail and all this kind of stuff or can I push Ja Rule and as you know Ja Rule took over in the, in the early 2000s yeah. yeah, but this is why I'm saying it's to me it's inaccurate like, I'm going more on the, like what Kieran said about the, the drug use I think that's more of the that's probably the more accurate explanation because at this we're talking what 2006 Ja Rule wasn't popping at that point yeah, 50 Cent uh, not 2006 yeah he was you might want to check that. Ja really? Jarrell was popping, popping in 2006. Jarrell ja was popping, popping in like 2001, 2002. And then 50 nah, Cent came along. 2006. He might have had a few late bangers. I, they might have been the, the track with R. Kelly around them, but even oh, then... Let's like, not talk about that. Oh, you mentioned that someone. Wow. I'm not going to beep that out. That one has to stay. R. No, R. Kelly I, stay. I, I'm just saying, I don't think that... I don't think that DMX was a threat to Jay uh, to Jay Z's career at that point. I think it, like, I'm saying to pick out the two because of the whole murder ink thing with them three. I think that Jay Z mm. was just like, let me stick with Jarul. Pick Jarul, yeah. yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying what you're yeah. saying is wrong, but I'm saying from what mm. I think, like what I. See. No, I know what you mean. It's the yeah from a bit as a from a business perspective, he's probably thinking you know it's a it's not only a safer pick, but yeah, the, you know Jarul was had a had a mad run in the you know uh, the first half of the 2000s, but. Um, they also had a bit of a beef, didn't they? Because of the similarities in the voice, didn't Ja Rule accuse DMX of copying him or vice versa, something like that? There was some... But how can Ja Rule even say that? That's some madness. That's what... That really annoyed me when I read that. But New York was a mess, really. New York was a bit of a mess at that yeah. point. Everyone yeah. was at each other's throats and there was you can see how the South came along. There's way too many rappers. 50 Cent didn't give a fuck. 50 Cent wanted that. He wanted to cause the chaos. 50 Cent was different. 50 Cent was just something better than everybody else that came before him. It's just a shame he couldn't He fell off quick, it. though. Yeah, yeah exactly. He, he, like he, he, really he, he did fall off mad quick, man. Mm. Because after Curtis, that was it. It was a rap, man. He didn't see this yeah, guy Yeah, when, when Kanye... Kurt, Curtis like, doesn't really that. have that many takeaways, though. Uh, no, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. 
but do you no, remember but that whole I, thing? IO technology held on for a bit. That was the only that was a banger. Curtis, yeah, <laughs> but then oh, he dropped off mad quick after that, man. Oh, that was on. the that was the real shift, wasn't it? Because I remember that was they they did the whole. I can't remember what magazine it was where they had Kanye and and Fifty Cent face to face. Yeah, they were releasing the same day, and Graduation sold more records on the day. Mm. Obviously, um, and that was like the, the the shift in the culture. I think. I mean, to be fair though, with 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 uh, Fifty Cent around that time, he did start acting as well, and he's he's not a bad actor. Let's say he's all right. Yeah, and he was involved in different what various business, business ventures and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. He, he went a different. He's not route. lost. <laughs> he's not lost. He fell no. off musically though, which is disappointing. But he came back with a banger in the last what four years with the Power Theme song. That's oh, the Power hard. Theme song is amazing. That song heard the remix bang- as well though. No, oh, I, don't, I don't need to hear that. I heard the Trey Songz version, and I was like, "This is terrible. <laughs> Why would you take Joe off and put Trey Songz there?" <laughs> no, no. He did that oh, on purpose. No. I feel like Fifty yeah, Cent is did. just playing a mad troll game now for the rest no, of his he life. Was, he was, but that Power Theme song, oh. Oh, this is the it's big the rich town. Oh, jeez. He was just giving ass. us more and more clips. He doesn't even realize it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the, it's the whoever is in that cup, yeah? He's on that little Wayne juice. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran, what are you giving us then from this era? I got, I got two really incredible records and I got like one personal one. Um, well, you're only allowed to pick one, to be honest. So, <laughs> got to narrow that list down. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna shout all three out, but pick one. But um, you, you, it's your shout, pick, man. I allow it. So, so, <laughs> I need some help, you know. These, they're they're all, right. all really, well, really incredible tracks. Have um, any of them got energy? High energy. Lord, give me a well, sign. Does and hmm. n- no, the rain kind of does, but it's in a different way. Oh, the and rain is a no sunshine. Though. Is just oh. that vibes. Like those but, three, I just love those songs so much. I don't know which one to pick, but okay. the rain I, I the think rain. is a sleeper. No, the, the rain, the rain is. is a, a, I, have, I don't think a lot of people know that song, that, and oh, that song is absolutely mm. incredible. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, and another area where DMX deserves his flowers is hooks. I was going to oh, say yeah, that, it yeah, almost just, it almost sounds like a slave song. If you hear what I mean. Oh no, I hear that completely. Mm. Definitely, sounds it like does. A, a kind of like a chain yeah. gang type vibe of like exactly. you could have a whole bunch of people behind you say that only yeah. You know what I mean? That yeah, exactly. No, he's mm-hmm. yeah. No, uh, that, that, see, that's even giving me goosebumps, really, because you could imagine it. They could be all on the, like. It's going to sound really deep, but you could imagine they're all on the slave ships, all chained together, and they're all like, "Now I know, only I can stop the rain," and just like, like honestly, I don't know, just that power though, and just inspiring everyone. That no, that definitely resonate with that. That's. That's fire, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> That's got me gassed. I'm telling you. Why are you laughing? <laughs> you laughing because of what I messaged? No, that was... Oh, honestly, I can just picture it, man. No, oh. Honestly, that that part of the song feels anthemic, yeah? And I feel like that's yeah. one thing DMX mm-hmm. is probably a professional at, is like what Sean said, hooks. But not just good hooks. Like hooks that you, you hear it once, you hear it so many times, like by the end of the song, if you hear that song once, you know that hook now. Infectious. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, mm. like he he sings a lot of his hooks incredibly as well. But mm. I think this one's my favorite hook because at the end with the harmonies, he hits levels you didn't expect him to do as a rapper that sings as well. So this is beautiful. Mm. And I feel like this song for me, kind of like Who We Be, grasps that emotion of aggressive anger that he feels. This one here grasps like that. It's, it's like it's sad, but it's like celebratory in that sadness like i've learned how to 
I've might I might not have overcome depression, but like I've learned how to like hone it and live with it and like master this feeling I'm feeling as well. So mm. it really resonates with me like that. I also feel like it just every line adds a different depth as well. Like I, it feels like his whole career he's talking about like this bit, this bit, this bit, like the streets my feelings inside all these people out there the police like he keeps going to different areas of the struggles he's had and like how he's overcoming all of that yeah that's interesting see the thing that i interpret from it is and when you think about i mean i don't know if we've all kind of dealt with with people in our lives who are either um an addict or have gone through something um but just continue going down that path and you often hear the phrase saying you know they're not going to get better until they help themselves that's the thing I got from that. It's like he's got all these demons and whatnot, but he knows that none of that's going to get better or change until I make the effort, until I stop the rain. That's, that's taking, what like, I always get from that. Yeah, it's taking ownership of mm. all that like badness and like negativity he's feeling. I need to change that. Well, at the end, it changes. Yeah. He says, only I can stop the pain. That's like the last time he says it. He doesn't mm. say, only I can stop the rain. Yeah. He says, only I can stop the pain. But I guess the you know the rain has that feeling of sadness, weight, all that kind of stuff. Mm. But it's definitely like you can see him kind of struggling through the rain in that whole song. And the other thing as well, these songs have aged incredibly. Yeah. Oh yeah, big. T- yeah. I don't think they sound dated at all. No, no the production's no. beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, that's era two, isn't it? Yeah, Era yep. 3 is a bit of a struggle for me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah I think, like, this was... Lord, Lord Give Me a Sign was his last hurrah of, like, record yeah. producing. Because yeah. that, that song yeah. was incredible. When the gospel comes at the end of that, mm. like, mind-blowing. Yeah. No, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was, that was the standout for me of that album. There's obvious honourable mentions from this period to Where the Hood At. Oh, yeah. You know... Get it on the floor. That is one of the most... The craziest uh, bangers I've ever heard, still. Man, I've just got the mic over because it's that hard. (laughs) Everyone, (laughs) secure your laptops and all your expensive goods. We're about to go somewhere. Okay, that's enough of that. But imagine, yeah, you're in the club. Still goes off. Imagine you was in the club the first time that song dropped. You would have ripped the speakers down and burnt the whole place to the ground. Yeah, we need to check what day that song came out and see how many fires there were. But that's that's the main thing. You're so right with that because I've been in the club when that song goes off. So when you when you when you mentioned that coming out for the first time, that there would have been chaos, man. Crazy, yeah, yeah. That reminds me of that um that future line. When I drop an album, the crime rate increases. Jeez, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd hear that and have to go buy a gun immediately. That's, immediately. that's I was gonna say. I wonder if that was like the equivalent of pal over there. You know how like when Pal came out over here, got banned yeah. from the clubs and all that. I wonder if, mm. I wonder if people went mad to that one as well. Some, some songs just like speak to your inner instinct, and that is one of them. Oh, definitely, man. If I hear that in a club, props to Swiss Beats because he, he, he tapped into some different energy on that. Yeah, trust me. Mm. Never want to climb the wall there. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> you, oh, well, you see what I mean, though. Yeah, the shit energy sort of just the energy just went mad. I just remember that dropping in the club. I just lost my shit. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Put you on some <laughs> exorcist shit. Your head just spins oh, all the way around. And it's, some, it's like a mosh out. pit thing, isn't it? Oh, it, it's a mo- it, it, it is a mosh pit thing. Oh man, honestly, started just a- anyone next to me was just getting like left and right hooks. <laughs> songs mad. It's no wonder like fi- fighters walk out to this music like Anderson Silva <laughs> yes. and Tyson. Oh. They, 
Mm. Yeah. Well, the thing is, with with this era, he definitely perfected his hit making uh, kind of potential here. One hundred percent. Like he just he just understood what he needed to do and did it right. Was working with the best people in the industry. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm lo- I'm looking through Grand Champ and that album's got a lot of bangers on it. I think he recorded a lot of it really quick as well because I watched the interview of him with GQ, I think, and they would ask him about some of his classic songs, and he was just like, "Yeah, I did it in twenty minutes." Yeah. Like, just like really that's what, just like off the cuff. When I listen to this album, it feels a little bit like, oh, I need to get off this label off my back kind of thing. I need to just put this music out. Mm. Like some, it's it feels very commercial, but also so refined, like Sam said, that it's undeniable music all throughout. Mm. I, I, I don't feel like the sequencing works on this album. That's probably what holds it back. But I mean, do you think yeah, it was really sequenced? Good songs. Because I don't feel like it was, this, it was given the same attention, like what no, Sean said. I yeah. really don't think so. Yeah. Bangs though, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, moving into the the final era, which is 2010 until until his you know unfortunate death. This was sad listening to. I'm not gonna lie, this was quite sad because you could just hear a difference in his voice. There wasn't the same strength. There wasn't the same skill level. Knowing all the the things that went on, um, yeah, this was a struggle. This one. He was having health was. problems on like every front, right? His lungs, oh, man. his yeah. his brain, his heart, yeah. apparently. Yeah. yeah. He lost There's a lot of weight a, too. Just, For a man that used to be quite yeah, athletic, he, yeah, and Tony became mad yeah. skinny. So I thought it was just the drugs, but clearly it was stuff I didn't know, like the health conditions and stuff. Yeah. I remember watching his first Drink Champs. When he went on the first time, he had the white, tea, uh, white vest on and he, he looked so gaunt and his voice was high-pitched and really weak. I was oh, I thought he was done then. I'm not gonna lie, I thought like we were gonna get some bad news around that time. That's like two years ago though, isn't it? Uh but yeah, two, three years. Def- yeah, definitely no longer than four. Mm. But he he, you know, he he got better again. You know, he put on weight, he sounded better, he was making music. Apparently, this this new album that's coming soon or may maybe out by the time we drop this, it's uh, you know, he's kind of returned to form and that. But um, the thing is, like, yeah, what can man. we expect for someone with asthmatic bronchitis, though? Like, he's he's someone that, like, as a kid would have sleepless nights because he just was wheezing constantly, couldn't mm. breathe. Like, I saw him trying to, like, show how he was used to be. It was like, <gasps> like that. Yeah. Like, if yeah. you're sleeping like that, like, how can this person even rap? But he actually did a lot with that. Yeah. I guess that, yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what kind of... That's that's how I try and think is that this man, with all the things he went through and had to deal with throughout his whole life, the amount that he achieved and the impact that he's had on people in 50 years, and to live that long as well, considering the things that he's been through. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's he's gone, he's passed too soon, but he he really made the most of life. He really did. Mm. Um, there's plenty of people out there that go through less than what he has and don't, you know do a, a fraction of the things that he's done so well he battled addiction for 30 odd years that's a that's a hard struggle a lot of people don't even make it past the first 10 apparently mm-hmm. so three decades of, of struggling with drugs and the health conditions on top it's crack as well like that's the most addictive yeah, thing you exactly. can have crack so it, hard it changed his life yeah 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 man i'm not okay. gonna lie i don't i don't have so, a pick from this era i don't i don't have one well well, like we we should probably clarify for the for the what? How many listeners we got? Nah, India, so shout out. out! Yeah, yeah, I'm big up out. India. Just, just <laughs> re-say that. Say, say to <laughs> shout out to the Indian right. listeners, man. Cutting oh. that bit out—that was harsh. About five thousand. <laughs> you got to think right, to okay, the okay. future, man. I'll rewind. I'll rewind. 
Okay. Can you see so we should baby? probably clarify. What is that? It's sad and I feel like... <laughs> we should... <laughs> no, I thought you were going to drop that again. <laughs> I wanted to be straight gangster. <laughs> oh, man. Right, okay. Back in, the, back in the zone. Yeah, we should probably clarify for the, for the listeners that we, you know, we haven't just picked... Well, we haven't just considered songs from this time period. We've also thought about his features and whatnot because there is so few tracks here where I try not to disrespect the man, but he, you know, he wasn't well. He wasn't. He wasn't in the right frame of mind. He wasn't physically in a good place. So, yeah, you might get some features from from years before during this time. But who's first? Is it me? Probably. It was me. Oh, is it you? Oh, yeah, you did say it actually before. Yeah, yeah. I think it, okay. yeah, I think it is Kieran. Yeah. Yeah. It is me because I went last last time. Um, okay. So my pick was Last Hope, which I don't know. It makes me feel nostalgic. I can't explain why. Maybe it's a, a cover. I don't, I don't really know, but it really does. It bangs like um, the heyday DMX. The song, it gives me goosebumps because it's like it shows the potential that he has like at any moment in his career because he's just that good. He could just bring back that essence from the past. I feel like it's almost as good as how he used to be. There's there's moments when he's kind of like tripping over his words because he can't do that quick flow, the conversational bit he likes to do, but it's, it's close to perfect still. He's reflecting on his life as well. He's, he's doing yeah. that thing he likes to do where he he's, he's open and honest with the listener, but he's also kind of very uh, introspective, I guess. Like he's not, he's not mm-hmm. preaching. He's more so just looking at himself and going, oh, I fucked up. It feels even more mature than earlier as well with the introspection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's a nice track. Yeah, very nice. Right. So I was going to pick something from Undisputed, but when I thought that we could pick out some features, um, I was going to pick this one. I mean, I could pick the classic one, but I have a feeling someone's going to pick that. So I'm going to pick my other one. So I've picked Come Back in One Piece. I mean this in a good way, but what a strange song. It is a very strange it's song. So like different. That. The beat is odd. Yeah, but that's what that's what I mean. That's what I kind of like about it because it's DMX again being on a different type of beat because the beat is very odd. Mm. It's very odd. It's it, it, it's yeah. not like a, it's not a normal beat, and it's the fact that he almost compliments Aaliyah as well. That's what I like mm. about it. He, like he doesn't sound out of place at all. You mm. almost think the uh, the mix up like him with Aaliyah wouldn't work, but it does work. They actually complement each other, which is yeah. yeah. You put it on paper, you don't mm. think it's going to happen, but it happens. Mm. So, yeah. That's what I, I like about it. Yeah, rest in peace, Alira, as well. She was... Yeah, uh, precisely. Well, yeah. She was phenomenal. So mm. That's unfortunate, isn't it? Imagine, she's got one, well, there's one album that I know of, and it's got so much bangers on it, and then she's just gone. I think she's got two albums that one's not on Spotify. I don't think she's got any music on Spotify. Like, she's none. Oh, wait, yeah. Like I don't know why though. Like there, there has to be another story behind that one, but she's got no. Oh yeah, she's got age ain't nothing but a number. But... Oh yeah, but she has not got the other albums. One yeah. in a million, I think. Yeah, the one with the red cover. Yeah, the one in. Yeah, I don't know where that one is. Do you know what just hit me? Is that as much as we're saying about DMX going too soon and going through everything that he went through and whatnot? Wasn't Aaliyah like less than half his age when she passed? Yeah, yeah, away? Well, she was. She was. She was in, I swear, she was in her twenties when she passed away. Yeah, she was like twenty five. That's yeah, that's rough, rough. Man. And she was. She was amazing. She had her whole like career panned out for her ahead of her. Yeah. She was just on top of the game. Can you imagine what she would have done in fifty years? Oh, Jesus! No, she was twenty two. My bad. 
Think it's the same. It. She didn't have like unrecorded, like recorded stuff that's yeah. not released. They could have released post Thomas. Well, or she's something. so young though, and with a singer, it's not like a rapper, is it? Singers aren't really in the studio just singing all the time. They sit at home, yeah. they have a little guitar. Yeah. That, Their but... ages refine as well as they grow too. Wow, but imagine if Alicia is... Keys was gone at that age, or that's yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean, or someone similar to I can't think right now, but it's insane. No, you're right. Crazy, isn't it? But that's an interesting pick, you know. That is an interesting pick. Mm-hmm. Very mm. different to everything else we've, yes. we've had it's so far. That's, what, that's, that's why I had to pick it. It's very different. Yeah, yeah. That's fair enough. X raps so, some weird stuff, though. Like, on, on a lot of the albums, there's a lot of deep cuts that are weird tracks. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Mm. The, he does talk the about... The one with Marilyn Manson. That's yeah, that's the, weird, that's the weirdest <laughs> one. Stranger. <laughs> he has some interesting crossovers. <laughs> Did he do something with Limp Biscuit as well? Yeah. That was sick, though. Rolling. Yeah, oh my God, that song. Oh, if you were a wrestling fan oh, back yeah. then. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, Huge song. Wow. Okay. So is it me or you, Kieran? Our order's all fucked up. I've it doesn't matter. Already. But... No, Kieran's picked already. It's you. Oh and shit, you, you picked it. Oh, it's yeah, me and yeah, Sam. Yeah. Oh my shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could my one's gonna oh, wow. be pre- pretty simple. It's already been mentioned in the call, but four three two one with LL Cool J. That cause I don't I don't really have much else to pick. I feel like that's Incredible. the most fun he's had on a track for me. The way he started singing in the end was just like it made me laugh when I was listening back to all this. He loved the pussy cut. Yeah, he killed it. Loved it, man. Mm. Killed them. This yeah, came man. out before his albums as well. So it's kind of like, I don't know why he didn't have more fun like this in, in more of his songs. But here, I guess he mm. just felt a bit more free. Like, this isn't part of my project. I can just do what I like. Yeah. Mm. Well, I feel like if you're hopping on a track with a bunch of other people, it's a, it might be, feel a bit weird to get really introspective and start talking about your personal you know experiences and that do you know what I mean it's more when you're on a track like that you're just trying to kind of show off your your lyrical One ability thing, and though about and, DMX I forgot he was from New York until I started re-listening to this I was like oh shit this guy's from New York and it makes me wonder like why was he not more involved with other people around him because I feel like everybody else in the rap circle in the 90s was more involved with each other than DMX was with other people like if that makes sense mm, he kind of did he worked a lot with the locks he worked a lot with yeah, he's got a few tracks with Jay Z. Um, I mean, like yeah, going the, forwards from there. Do you oh, know what I mean? but New York, like like I said earlier, New New York was a bit mad in the two thousands. It was just everyone was kind of at each other. He did he had some people Fifty Cent though, together. like that yeah. shot down track. Yeah, shot down. oh with yeah, Styles P as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I know it seemed like New York there were just beefs going on left, right, and center at that time. Fair enough. I guess he was all the wrong in, side intertwining. Of the yeah. Or maybe he was just doing his own thing, man. Maybe he was, you know. I mean, I know he was big on the movies and obviously he had his own problems, but I can imagine him just not really giving a fuck about all just that. Being a bit of a low. A lot of rappers front. Thing. Yeah, a lot of rappers front, and I feel like DMX wasn't the fronter. He didn't have any time for all that bullshit. To some extent, <laughs> like his single he released in '91 flopped. That's why he um, went into like he got he got dropped from his label, so he had to beg yeah. a lot of features in the '90s until the point when he got to do It's Dark and Hell is Hot. So from that point, when your career actually starts, it's like, I don't really want to chase these features anymore. I don't need to do them anymore. Fair enough. Mm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good point. What was that first single called? Born Loser? I haven't Born even Loser. That's <laughs> ironic if it, that's what it's yeah. called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Born Loser, yeah. Okay. Well, my final pick. I've, uh, I felt like a compromise. So 
my pick is from this time period, but it's a feature. Mm. And it's actually a verse from a song of his called Bane Is Back. But the track I've chosen, just, I just like the song, is called Foolish by Burner. What a banger. <laughs> yeah, when I found this, I was like, oh my God, have I not heard this one? But um, first of all, I just want to say the beats, I love the beat. Yeah. I couldn't find who did it as well. I couldn't find a producer. Whoever does Burner's Beats is the best because 2014, he had this mixtape called 20 Joints and I slapped that like it was the newest thing going. Like it was such a hard project. Yeah, Burner's underrated. He's definitely underrated. He's got very good ear, very good beats selection. Um, yeah, this one to me was like, I'm not sure when it was recorded. It sounds like it was definitely within the last three or four years because there is a bit of a difference in his voice, but it was just a a sort of um, a, a, something similar to what you said, Kieran, like a kind of rare um, moment of like when he's in his element, he's still got it. And, and the hook as well, again, just to go back to the hooks, just great, man. Great. Yeah. I guess Nothing he really was, to for at this age he's at now, like we know his health had declined to the point where like his body gave up at 50. So he's mm. close to like his body's lifeline, um, end of the life at this moment. And it's like, mm. it's, he has to find those moments where his health is on a good day to record. Like that's, it's so inconsistent. That's why we've got so many like poorly recorded tracks and yeah. like randomly he's got a good day. So he's like, oh, let me record this. But you can't record like 20 tracks in one day. So no. Nah. It's just inconsistent, but yeah. Yeah. Elements there. Mm. I mean, if we're going to talk about how did his discography hold up as a whole compared to everyone that came out around the same time as him, I think it's there. Like if we were to do a ranking of discogs, you know, people that started in the 90s and that, and that were still releasing music until now, he's up there. He hasn't, he hasn't really dropped in quality as far as what I can see and, and what I've heard. Mm. Has, did he drop... His work rate, yeah, but that's natural as you get older, isn't it? Especially with how you sing yeah. and stuff. If yeah. someone put him should... in their top ten rappers, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like think that's weird. To be honest, no, I see it. Yeah, yeah I'd understand yeah, it. it. Yeah, I would mm -hmm. understand it. I wouldn't be mad at it. I'm definitely not mad he's, at he's it. He's that sick. Yeah, there's there's a there's a power to him. That's um, that there's a lot of things. To be honest, he's he's, he's got like, oh, yeah, a lot yeah. Of facets. Yeah, and that's one thing from doing this that, that's. Not, not so much made me realise, but reminded me of like, again, if we're talking about what makes a great rapper, the different attributes, the amount of boxes he ticks, you know, he's no doubt one of the greatest to ever do it. But I mean, in terms of the, the discography thing, I can quickly go through those names again and see like where we think he holds up. So for instance, Mace, I mean, that didn't go well. Nope. No, no, couldn't Capone go well. and Noriega, after the first album, I don't really know nope. much about them. Nope. Puffy, it's a different... Yeah, you can't really confirm there. The Firm, one album, didn't last. The Locks, I mean, I don't know if they really hit like, like X did. No, they didn't. Um, Big Pun, I mean, that's a sad one as well. Big Pun is sad, been. man. He had potential, man, but his health conditions, he, mm. oh, man. He just isn't it? Well, he just eating too much, man. He needed to... Um, <laughs> Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Cut out that laugh, uh, I beg. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just spitting, I'm just saying straight facts. He was eating too much, man. The, the doctors told him to stop eating. My man was eating way too much. Got a beast and then I'm just going to call it out. I don't care, man. The guy, like, rest in peace to Big Pun, but he was eating too much. I don't way care. Way too much. He's, he's, Donnie, Donnie said, what, you think I'm eating too much, yeah? yeah? I can eat way more. He got way overweight. It was a joke. He made fat. He made fat Joe look skinny, man. Oh, that's too much. 
That's too much. That's way too much. Oh man, rest in peace, Big Pun. Um, can we say that after saying all that? <laughs> I don't think we can, man. I think we've gone too we don't, far. We don't Oh, oh man. Cameron, Cameron had a good career. Yeah, yeah I think career, yeah. it wasn't compared to GMX though. No, at all. No, no. When you look, yeah. When we go back, if we're talking hits, probably maybe, not. maybe hits, but not, not even really. No, I don't. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, yeah, Cameron had a run. There was a there was a time where he and Dipset were, you know, incredibly influential. But yeah, DMX's discography, man. Um, yeah, and the only other one is Cannabis. And definitely not, definitely not. Ton of potential and didn't like, really live would, up Would you to say Jay Z is a contemporary as well for him? I feel like you could say that. Mm. You know, his debut was only what two years before DMX's. Mm. I just but I they, get, they I were both active is. from early nineties as well. Yeah, yeah. Bear that in mind. It's strange. Maybe I'm on my own here, but I always feel like when I talk about when we talk about generations of of rappers, I tend to put Jay in with like Nas. And Biggie and people like that, even though they came out well, what, another two years before him, but he's kind of like he's kind of like in between. I guess I don't think Jay he sees is, himself as like the the Nas generation because like he sampled Dead Presidents the, the, um, yeah. for Nas. It was kind of like I'm the next gen bringing this new mm. sound, sampling this yeah. classic from back in the day kind of thing. Yeah, maybe he was the beginning yeah. of of what DMX is in, if that makes sense. Like early. Mm. Yeah, that, that that's true. Because he wouldn't be yeah. in the same bracket as Wu Tang and all those types of people that were. No, no, it's too early. You see what I mean? Mm. No, no. But although, like you know, Jay Z is one of the the sort of at the forefront of that whole mafioso movement, and yeah. just a year before that was was Raekwon with with his album, which we discussed a bit before. Um, it felt, yeah. That's why for me it's almost it's weird. It's like Jay Z's in this kind of middle for me, in between mm. the two. This crossover. Mm. Yeah. But no, rest in peace, DMX man. That was it was yeah. it was sad, but but really good fun going over that music again, and and even like listening to some stuff for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, what what an incredible artist, man. I I was I wanted to do this discog discussion because we deserve to give him that respect, and I I do love him, and I loved him a lot mm. growing up as well. But I didn't realize the discography banged this hard, like singles, but then the craft of those first five albums is just incredible. 100%. You couldn't touch on it any better, really, because I'm the same. Like, I always knew about his singles and his bangers, but the discography as a whole, it's just phenomenal. There was a reason why they said he was one of the best, if not the best rapper during those late 90s to early 2000s, really, because, well, just some of the stuff he was coming out with was just amazing, really. I wish I put um, It's Dark and Hell is Hot on, mm. on that list we made now, the best debuts. Hey, this is Sean, and thanks for listening. We have a bit of an announcement to make. We are now on Discord. Join us to get in on the discussion after each episode. You'll also be able to suggest new content and talk all things rap and hip-hop with myself, Sam, Kieran and Theo. The link is in the show notes. And shout out to all our listeners in India. Our prayers go out to you during these difficult times. Take care.